This is an episode on mailbag. Oh, that's going in. No. That's going nope. in. I'm that is definitely. Oh, yeah, oh, no. It's going in. Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, where Jimmy sings mm. and I speak reason. No. Wisdom. No logic. Wisdom. And scripture. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler with the pipes. Like pipes. I got yeah. pipes. Singing I, you pipes. got pipes, I, I know. Pipes. Yeah, you sing like uh no, can't Redeemer you, sing, you sing like Rihanna. Rihanna? Yeah. yeah. If, I, if I could be so lucky. You do. You sound like Rihanna. Really? Yeah, even when you talk. That was actually probably yeah. the nice You have like the oh, wait, yeah, what? Right, yeah, stop. you sound like a lady. Um, hey man, what's up? Nothing. How you doing? You kind of ruined my day. Oh, no, that's a compliment. No, don't, you're not complimenting me. You're yeah, man. being rude to me. No, I wasn't being rude. I was I was yes. saying, like, you remind me of Rihanna in many ways. Vocally. Sometimes the way you dress. Oh, come on now. <laughs> a little bit. You could be a little revealing. I just want you to know I love the way you lie. Let's see. Exactly. Mm. Thank you. I like that. Uh, so, yeah, man, what are we doing today? We're just going to do some mailbag, we're I think, some right? We're do some mailbag. We're smoking. Oh, we're, yeah. Uh, we're at the cigar we're shop. We're at the cigar shop, yeah. Steve McCoy is pretending not to listen to us. I know, but he's got one ear with headphones, the other ear with nothing. I see you. I see you. Now he's laughing. He's chuckling to himself. I'm I'm pretty sure you're wearing a Thundercat shirt, aren't you? And and why? Is that Thundercat? Yeah, that's Thundercat. Let me see it. Is that Thundercat? That's Thundercat. That's Thundercat. No, it's a Gander Mountain. He wears the same Gander Mountain t-shirt every time he comes. He wears two t-shirts when he comes to the cigar shop. And the same sweatpants. Oh, all the time. All the time. Gander Mountain, or what's the other one? It's a gray one. Yeah, but you always wear it. You always wear it here. Oh, and stop mm-hmm. sending us Steve Furtick uh, texts while we're trying to I record. Know. Stop it. I know you Look like Look at this. Furtick. Did you see this? It's, uh, oh my gosh, it's I know. Really I know Ed and Furtick are about to put out some new content, but, you know, we don't we don't want you to share that with us. You got That's uh, not true. That's not happening. There's right? this thing. Steve just sent me this thing. It says, uh, it, so it's, you know that line from uh, Gladiator? Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? So it, he's got uh, Stephen Furtick with his hands out. It says elevation on top. And it says, are you not entertained? That's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's all right. I mean, yeah. it's kind of mean. You know, kind of low blow, Steve. Yeah, I don't know why you got to pick on the dude. I know. You know, that's kind of low-hanging fruit right there. Why don't you get your, you know, up your game, your insult game. Yeah. All right, so we're going to do mailbag. Let, mm. let, me, let me try and bring up the mail right, I've not seen these. All right, here we go. Um, this is from Ken. We're just going to say, Ken, subject is prayer. Hello. Hello. Hello, Ken. I read your brief message, praying for your pastor. So this is an article that I wrote somewhere. And I found it insightful. On that note, what is your opinion at the beginning of a worship service for a man to pray for the pastor prior to him approaching the pulpit? Do you believe it to be an act of worshiping a man or a godly part of the worship service? Thank you for your time and the Lord's blessing upon you, Ken. So he's asking, are you allowed to... Is it is it right to pray for the pastor at the beginning? Yeah, so if you pray for a guy to preach... And uh, think of it. Think of that being done in its worst forms and in its best forms. Maybe he's seen a worst form right, of this. Fair enough. In the worst form, I think is uh, maybe idolatry of the pastor. It could be right. You know what I mean? Where it's like, where it's yeah, nothing. He's, but- got, he's got the mantle. He's bringing the word of God, and and we can't read it ourselves. So we need him to disseminate it to us. Right. So you don't. That's worst case scenario. So yeah, you don't want it to be the kind of prayer that exalts the man. Yeah. All right. You want it to be the kind of prayer that shows this man is dependent upon God, and apart yes. from God, he's got nothing to say. 
So in, in general, we're very much in favor of praying for people before they preach. Yeah, every time I preach, uh, Joe is praying for me oh, and the congregation. Oh, that, oh we have to that. pray for Jimmy. Oh, it is like we've got a we got like a, gr- a small group of people praying for Jimmy in the basement while he's preaching, just that he does so that he doesn't screw up. We it's, or uh, hand gestures. Oh yeah, please don't make any more hand gestures. He's famous for making one hand gesture that kind of grossed everybody no, out stop one time. It. That, that, it's gonna make me sound horrible. That was in preaching lab. You didn't do it in the sermon. I don't do it in the sermon. So, um, so yeah. Well, and then one time you used an expression. One time in preaching lab, you used an expression that everyone found very offensive, and you're like. Well, that's not offensive in Canada. Yeah, I know. I was like, well, we're not we're not in Canada. (laughs) I was using a Canadian expression. So, um, so yeah, actually, Ken, we think it's good. So there's a bad way to do it. Mm -hmm. I think if you're going to pray for somebody before they're preaching, um, you know, you don't need to extol them. You need to ask for God's favor to be upon them. Yeah, think about it like that. That would be uh, that would be my recommendation. All right. So how about this? We just got an email from a guy named Tim. All right, Tim, go, Tim. Tim says this. The subject is causing one of these little ones to stumble. All right. Hey, brother, I love my kids. Mm. I think I'm supposed to. I always try to teach them the best that I can what the Lord would have them do. And like Paul, I sometimes have to say, I, not the Lord, say some things are in Scripture and some are not. Worship on Sunday is not. Wait, what? Wait, hold on. Say it again. I'm sorry. Hang on. All right. Worship on Sunday is not. Okay. Is not in scripture? Is that what he's trying to... Is that... Okay. All right. Well, Tim, but, we're going to disagree with yeah, you there. All right. All right. Finish. Finish. All right, all right. Maybe, maybe... Worship maybe on Sunday is not... Smoking is not. True. New Testament. I think he means New Testament. 10% tithing is not. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. That's true. Out of those examples, only one... Okay. So he's saying these things are not commanded in scripture. We would actually disagree yeah. with the Sunday worship, but all right. Out of those examples, only one can kill you and others around you. Quote, if you cause one of these little ones to stumble... End quote. I don't want my kids to think smoking is okay. Not a sin, but not okay. It can kill them. If by our teaching one person gets cancer and dies, was it worth it? If I am fat as I am, as Spurgeon was, is that okay? No, and I know it, and I teach my kids that as I try and stay faithful. Exercise isn't a biblical command, but it's stupid not to. My body hurts like crazy unless I do. When Paul didn't eat meat because he didn't want the weaker in the flesh to stumble, he was just crucifying the flesh daily yeah. with its passions. Okay. If I flaunt my flesh because I believe I have the freedom to, but actually I'm just causing people to stumble because of personal peace? Question mark. Um, do, okay, so this is, grammatically there's some issues. I'm just trying to read it straight. Does it spread peace or strife? Does it end up in the morning papers and ruin our witness? Does it cut our lives short as it possibly did for Spurgeon at 58, where we could have reached another million? I will not use my freedoms to cause others to fall away regardless of my passions. So Tim is... is, Anti-smoking. He's taking aim at... One of our practices. Yeah. He's not being a jerk about no, it. No, no, he's not. No. I don't, so I don't Tim, feel like he's being aggressive we, we, in any we, sense. You're not aggro. We totally respect you coming yep. to us. I appreciate share, the opinion. Appreciate you, bro. Appreciate you. Um, okay, so Jimmy, got any responses for Tim? Yeah, I mean, I think the first thing Joe had already said. I think we disagree with you on the the Sunday worship, the corporate worship. Uh, make sure you're you're doing that. Um, then, as far as smoking goes, I mean, I know we talked about this, and you know, listen to episode four. Um, uh, with read, all the read the article, read the uh, article Christians and cigars to the glory of God. Nope, it's just called Christians and cigars. Now. Is it? Oh, yeah. okay. In, okay, I've, I've read on it. our blog. You read the old one. This is the edited, oh, updated version. Uh, on, we have a blog. 
Yeah, we do. Yeah, <laughs> Tony Tony Dopke. Oh yeah, my he, bad. He, he runs it. My thing. bad. My bad. My bad. Yeah, I mean, I guess I would say okay. So you're talking about people smoking. You know, are you talking about cigarettes? Are you talking about cigars? What are you kind of what are you talking about there when you're saying uh, uh, with the health issues and health concerns and and people dying from that? I mean, is the same vigor? And I think you've already kind of hit on it. You know, the same vigor uh, for weight loss or for watching our consumption. Uh, when it comes to alcohol, when it comes to food right. and anything. I mean, I think moderation is key here. So, yeah, I guess I'm trying to uh, understand. Are you, are you talking about, are you hitting cigars? I feel like he's hitting cigars oh, yeah, he's because de- he's talking about Spurgeon, yeah. not necessarily cigarettes. Cigarettes right. is maybe a separate issue. No, he's just talking about smoking in general, cigars in particular, I think, okay. if he's going to be narrowing it down. And so you said a couple of things here that um, I think are important. Um, one is you're talking about causing people to stumble. Mm-hmm. Now, what does it mean to cause someone to stumble? Does it mean that they die? <laughs> like, yeah. you know, you're using that example. What if I cause somebody to die? By the way, secondhand smoke ain't killing anybody, so we can knock it off of that stuff. Oh, but, my, my wife right. has arguments with Joe about this. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> Find one person who's died of secondhand smoke, please. Find that person. <laughs> Find that person. So, hey, you know who's walking into the, into the lounge right now? Jarhead Mike. Hey, Mike, how's it going? Mike is, uh, Mike's, uh, I met Mike here at the cigar shop, I don't know, a couple years ago, Mike? Yeah, at least. And so Mike is, um, is a veteran and, uh, he's, he's, he's one of our redeemer men now. Good to see you, brothers. We, we met, uh, he's a former Marine or always a Marine. He's a Marine. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so, yeah, we met here at the cigar shop. I think I was smoking and Mike goes, have you ever heard of Spurgeon? <laughs> and I was like, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we started talking. So wait a second, Mike was trying to convert you. Mike, Mike was Mike evangelizing. Saw, you. Mike saw me and he went, "There's no way that homeboy. That boy is does a not know Jesus. I'm going to tell him about Jesus." So yeah, so I actually met Mike here. I don't, I don't think it took Mike. No, it's taken. It it's taken. Little I think by you little. might need to go over it again with him. With, oh, we'll go over it again? All right. You know, I think he needs to go over it again with you. Yeah, the, that's the, fine. The, the gospel. Yeah, all right, all right. Well, 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 let's finish this, and then he can go over it with me. There we go. All right, so um, what does it mean to cause someone to stumble? Does it mean to frustrate them, to annoy them, uh, to, to, make, to make them question what they believe? Is that what it means to cause them to stumble? Or does causing a brother or Christian to stumble in Pauline thought, does it mean to encourage them to go against their conscience in returning to... Some of the habits that they were into when they were non-Christians. Yeah. Um, specifically, usually they are associated with idolatry, specific idolatry. So eating meat sacrificed to idols. It wasn't a vegetarian issue. It wasn't a like, well, I think meat is, you know, I don't want to eat anything with a face or I don't want to, I don't like the practice of how we harvest meat in this country or whatever. Yeah. These were people that could not eat meat sacrificed to an idol um, because of their conscience. And if they were encouraged to do so, they would be sinning because they'd be going against their conscience. That's a different issue. So, so you're saying it's, it's much more than just preferential. It's actually, it's actually someone, uh, or being annoyed by someone else doing it or uncomfortable with someone else doing it. It's, are they encouraging you to go against, uh, as you said, your conscience to go against your beliefs, to go against your own practice and to embrace something that is, that you don't, feel comfortable with. Right. So we would never encourage anyone to go against their conscience. Um, but here's the thing. Um, at, at one point, I mean, what? Uh, I know people that whose conscience won't let them drink dairy milk. Um, I know people whose conscience won't let them watch television. Um, so, and, and, and that, well, Joe, then why do you have TV? 
uh, because I like my shows. No, but you're causing them to stumble, That's Joe. the point. Is So I would say that causing someone to stumble is really pushing them to go against their conscience, which we are definitely not doing. Um, the fact that there's risk associated with this, that there is some sort of potential risk is fair, but risk doesn't equal sin. We've already talked about that. And here's my, here's my bottom line concern here, brother. You're essentially saying, hey, hey, the Bible doesn't say this is a sin, but you can't do it. That, my friend, is legalism. It's it's pharisaic, um, and Paul and Jesus both specifically warn about people that do that. So we're saying your intentions are not right. Like I, I your intentions are right. Yeah, that's what exactly. What we're not saying is is you're trying to to be manipulative or any sense. Mm -hmm. I think your heart is in the right place, trying to find truth. Right as you navigate this, uh, navigate through this. So so we. Tim, we appreciate you. We know you're not angry. Appreciate. We just want to encourage you to check yourself before you wreck, wreck yourself. yourself. Okay. Um, all right. So let's see. We got one more email in here. One more. One more. Okay. Maybe two more. Okay. Well, this one is also. Okay. Now that's also about cigars. Yeah, we get a lot about cigars. All right. Um, even someone. Hey, even someone today. Oh, I saw that. You see that on Instagram? What they say? What they say? They said on uh, uh, Instagram about cigar smoking, saying, "Listen." I don't know why people say that Spurgeon smoked. Spurgeon never smoked. That was that was propaganda. Uh, propaganda against him. I watched a documentary. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> you know how I wanted to respond? Yeah. I wanted to respond. Yeah. So did all these other people that watched an inconvenient truth. Like, <laughs> come on now. And I wanted to tag Christian George and be like, what say you, sir? But I was like, you know what? I'm not going to bring him into that mess. Yeah. Don't don't bring Christian George into it. But uh, listen <laughs> up, homeboy. Get him on. I can't wait till we get him on. Yeah, well, I want to get this guy on that said Spurgeon never smoked cigars because he watched a documentary. I want him on. Oh, what? Why? That would be fun. He is very qualified. All right. Uh, Yeah, dude, there is no argument about it. Everybody knows that Spurgeon smoked cigars. You can hate him for it. You can love him for it. Consider the fact that Christian George over at Midwestern Baptist Seminary, Baptist Theological Seminary, has cigars that Spurgeon's family gave him. Yeah, that that Spurgeon smoked or had had when he died. In fact, every time we hang out with uh, Christian George, you know what he likes to do? He likes to open up. He likes to open up this uh, this act this box, this old box. It's actually not a humidor. It's just this box, and inside the box are these cigars. What's in the box? Well, what's in the box are cigars that Spurgeon himself rolled when he was in Havana, and we get to smoke Spurgeon cigars every time we hang out with Christian George. It's pretty awesome. All right, so... I don't think I've ever smoked one of them. I don't think I've ever smoked a Spurgeon cigar with Christian George. Right. You're telling me you have? No, no, I'm just joking. All right. Oh, okay. So um, <laughs> this is from a guy named Brandon. Brandon says... Hey, Joe and Jimmy, I'm a young aspiring leader at my church and a listener of the podcast. After a recent meeting with my pastor, we discussed the possibility of implementing something similar to what I've heard you guys discuss as Leadership Lab or Preaching Lab. We just had that today. Um, I have a few questions about how you decide what topics to hit, who teaches on what, and how you select people to participate. As we seek to understand what it looks like for us to shepherd and care for 300 adults and 100 kids, including those aspiring leaders and preachers, I'd love to know how these labs are formatted and excluded. I'll tell you what, man, I have people, we have people all the time, almost every week asking us how to do preaching lab and leadership lab. And I got another one today. I got it from, from a very well-known artist, very well-known artist. Yep. Artist? Artist. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, and he wanted to know, hey, how do you guys do this? And so, like, people want to know. Very well-known artist and pastor, someone that's it's that's written books and, I, I, and put I, out content out there. I mean, listen, Dr. Piper, uh, one day you will learn how to run a leadership lab, and we well, hope to show you that for your next it, church plant it, 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 it wasn't. It wasn't John. It wasn't it was, John it Piper. It wasn't John? No. And he's not planning a church in Haiti? Uh, no. Not that well, I know of. Okay. What? 
Huh? What about Haiti? I don't know. I threw that out there. I threw out like a random place. Okay, listen. People are, people are getting annoyed. Listen, um, let, let's talk about how we do preaching lab. Let's just do All preaching, right, preaching lab. lab that's fine, the most just common preaching thing lab. that we get. All right. So you can do preaching lab once a month. You can do it uh, every, every, other other week, every other week, every other month. It doesn't really matter. So frequency is up to you. The main, the main thing that you have to do in preaching lab is you have to give guys that are aspiring to preach, guys that sense a calling to preach or guys that you think can preach. You want to give the, uh, them the opportunity to, to preach real sermons that are listened to by people uh, who re- receive that as the word of God, but who yeah. will also give them a helpful critique of what they're doing right and what they're doing wrong. Right? Yeah, and some and some uh, uh, comments on improvement. Right. So what we do is, and we'll, we'll attach this in the show notes, we have a sermon evaluation form. Yep. So everybody gets that, and we give them at least 20 minutes to preach a sermon. Uh, and lately we've been expanding that, so you know people have more time. So, you, But I think it's really hard to give them less than 20. You really want them to have a get, get some time up there working yeah, things out. Get something rolling. So 20 minutes on the, on the short end. Otherwise, uh, you can go with 30 or more. Uh, they, nobody needs more than 30 for preaching lab. So give them, you know, give them the, between 20 and 30. And uh, you can coach them in the, in the development process, right? You can coach them as they're writing it. You can meet with them and help them figure it out. But when they're preaching, Jimmy, uh, and we're filling out this form, mm-hmm. uh, they're doing their thing. When they're done, what's the first thing that we do in verbally evaluating what we just listened to. Yeah, we tell them what worked. What, what is it that we liked, right? Like um, whether it was, you know, maybe a certain line or phrase or maybe their organization or the sermon summary or right. maybe an illustration or uh, hand gestures or eye contact, whatever it is, their presence. Um, we really hit on what went well. So yeah, you just, you guys know this, like when you're going to offer criticism, it's Offer good. a sandwich. Uh, yeah. Uh, what? Offer a sandwich. I have no idea. Oh, and you so, okay? You're doing your sandwich thing. Sandwich thing. You give them something good. Yep. Then you give them eh, all the bad things, and then you end on good note. Who wants to eat a sandwich that has bad stuff in it? That doesn't make any sense. Uh, Nobody wants to eat that sandwich. Oh, you eat the sandwich all the time. First of all, the the good and the the good on the either side is the bread. The most important part of a sandwich is the meat in between. Why are you exactly? You're, it's so you're, bad. Giving them, you're giving them the fluff on the outside. And then the 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 meat on the inside. That's the way we deal with it right. with you, Joe. Okay, Let, let's just say it this way: um, we start with the good, uh, what worked, what we liked, mm-hmm. um, how maybe they got the gospel right, whatever it is. So Jimmy gave a bunch of really good examples, and then we move into well, what didn't work, or, or what was lacking, or what you know, if they're preaching tomorrow, right? We always well, say that if yeah. you had to preach this tomorrow, or if they had to preach this tomorrow for the congregation, what do they need to include that was maybe miss, mm-hmm. missing? Um, or if they have more time, what could they add to this? Mm-hmm. So, uh, and what are, what are some of the things that we might uh, typically point out to people? Um, I think one is organization. So organizing your thoughts, making sure that there are some uh, basic points that we could, you know, that, so people could follow along with. Uh, I think probably, uh, would you say eight out of 10 times, Joe? And I'm really kind of guessing when I say that, eight out of 10 times, an issue really has to do with the sermon summary. Yeah, that's very, very, I think that's fair. Eight out of 10. Um, we push our guys really hard to have a very clear and succinct summary of the whole. Like, what is the main clear, point? Clear, succinct, and memorable. Yeah, we want them to, because if you can give people a summary of what, so like Don Jones preached today. Yeah. Uh, Don Jones, like the head of Bible at Crossway, Bible Division. Uh, oh, wait a name drop. Okay. Nobody knows who John, <laughs> but you know what? Um, you can watch the video, link in the show notes of Don talking about uh, the Reader's Bible. Yep. It's pretty yep, cool. Yep. So anyway. 
Don, godly dude, awesome dude, and he preached a great, great Fantastic, word. Fantastic, great content. Jimmy's texting me in the middle of it, this is how you do it. This is how you this do how it. This is how you do preaching lad. Um, and so uh, it was really, really good. But the one thing that he did need, uh, well, there were, there, were, there were a lot of good, and there were some things that he could improve on, but the most important thing was you need a summary that you repeat throughout a few times that's succinct. And he actually, I said, when Jimmy asked, what would it be? He said, well, I'd probably say this. And he goes, well, I would say it like this. And that was it. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. that was it. That, and you know what the worst part? I even text Joe. Everyone else is like, oh, no, I got that. I thought it was this, 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 this. I'm like, man, Joe, you and I are the dummies. That you didn't, didn't text like, me. You said that. That's all oh, yeah, yeah. I did say that. <laughs> you're like, well, I'm a dummy. I need this. Yeah, Everybody I needs a sermon summary. <laughs> and when you're talking about a preaching lab, you're really talking about guys that, you know, are probably, probably a bit more on the mature end of, of the ministry spectrum, right? And I think so, that's important right there. Hold on. When you say mature end. Because I think sometimes our, our tendency is to throw people in that are not yet ready. Right. And they have a bad experience. Even though that's a safe place, if they have an embarrassing experience, they might not they might uh, resist growing yeah. in that gift. Right. And I think it's important that you you take you make sure that people are ready before you get them in there. Yeah. We don't like so on the one hand, most churches out there, especially if they're growing, they don't like to put anybody in the pulpit who isn't a big deal. Like, so in other words, the pastor, the staff people, or some bigwig, they'll fly in or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't like putting up their people because, well, those are minor league guys. You know, these these are the small potatoes, and we don't like that. Like, mm. we, we push what? No, okay, go ahead. Say it. I have no idea what you want. Oh, I thought you were about to say, oh, Redeemer's not like that. We'll even put Fofo up no, there. No, I wasn't going to say That's what that. I thought you were going to no, 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 say. No. We don't view it like that. That's the whole point, <laughs> is what we say is we have preachers, and the preachers that God has given us, we want them to be in our pulpits. And so as soon as they're ready... We'll put them in there. And we send them out. And we send them out all over the area. So here's the thing. Ready doesn't mean they're perfect. Ready doesn't mean no. that they're uh, – but ready means that they can communicate passionately the word of God clearly, uh, pointing to Jesus. And teachable. Oh, yeah. If they're and not teachable, we teachable. Don't, If they're not teachable, we don't put them into anything. Yeah. <laughs> Forget about it. If they're super Yeah, if arrogant. they can't take criticism, if they can't take uh, constructive criticism to help them grow, then, man, you shouldn't be in the pulpit at all. Yeah, no way. No if, way. If, you, if you preach a sermon and thought, yep – Nailed it. Nailed it. I got this. I'm done. Yeah, you're probably like, eh, not really. No. That's that's why the that's why the forms are helpful. So the reforms are the, the, the forms that we fill out actually have a lot of questions and a lot of material. They're double sided. So, you know, people can actually uh, fill those out and then we pass those in. We give everybody And you gotta uh, sign your name at the top. Yeah, you gotta sign your name. Yep. Yeah, that's uh, that's how we do it. That's how we do it. That's how we do everything at uh, at Redeemer. So what would be different? Like we talk you, you focus on preaching lab. Yeah. But I think for a lot of churches, I, right, I'm right. hearing a lot of questions about leadership lab, especially yeah. when it comes to women being involved in that. Whoa. Because I, exactly because women and leadership. Oh, because we've got some pretty hardcore complementarians, complementarians, complementarians that have gone to the Owen School of <laughs> of Ministry. You, mean, you don't mean John Owen? No, not John Owen. You mean Owen Meany? No, not Owen Meany. So they've gone to the Owen School of Ministry. All and right. so, you know, they're like, oh, wait, how, how do you reconcile this? How do you have women involved? And, and how could you sit under that teaching and, and things like that? How would you respond to that, Joe? All right. So what we do is, well, first of all, we are complementarian, uh, but we're not on like complementarian uh supplements mm-hmm. you know we're not on mm-hmm. the steroids mm-hmm. so we're not we're not roid raging about complementarianism Absolutely. Yep. um we uh we we believe that only men who are qualified and called by the body can serve as pastors in the church and we believe that husbands are the head of their homes yes outside of that we think people need to chill 
by yep. and large. Um, and so when it, when it comes to women in leadership uh, in the church, uh, it really depends. If, if, if we're being very, very specific, we would say, well, the leadership in the church are elders, and that's only going to be men who are qualified and called. Yeah. Um, but outside of that, we have women that serve as deacons, uh, and we have women that are teaching, certainly teaching other women, uh, women that are writing, women that are speaking. Women are called to lead in various aspects of their lives, are called to lead in their um, – in, in their ministries, right? And so we have women that are going to be writing, women that are going to be speaking. My wife speaks. She speaks around the country. She uh, she writes. Um, and that's a leadership role. It's not a leadership role in the church in that she has authority, but it is still a leadership role. So Leadership Lab is something that we've opened up to men and women. And it's we want to help people in their leadership in whatever area they're called to lead. And so Leadership Lab allows people to preach, teach, lecture, um, and get feedback on that. So like today at Leadership Lab, we had Dan the Man Salufus. Yep. And Dan just drops hardcore academic knowledge. Yep. He gave a three-part lecture on Martin Luther, which I'm hoping he's going to send it to us to make three blog posts out of. I know, I was thinking uh, the same I said, thing. I, 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 I was like, hey I was, like, was, was going to talk to him about it. They're like, oh, we need to get this. It's really good. It's yep. just smart, and it's... And it you know takes them a lot of time, puts a lot of effort into it. So Dan is more of the the academic lecturer. He's not yeah. a preacher in yeah. that sense. Um, but then we have you know women that'll get up and they will preach. And yeah, I'll call it preaching. I'm not afraid to call it preaching. They're heralding the good news. Yeah. And so maybe your view is that they should only ever preach to women. Uh, my view is women can preach. And uh, they can preach even to mixed audiences. That doesn't bother. At a conference, don't care. A, I'll, I'll go to a conference, and if a woman is speaking, I'm ready because it's not the church. She's not speaking as a pastor. She has no authority over yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm I'm fine. Uh, but whatever your view is, even if you are hardcore complementarian, yeah, uh, women are still called to preach, and maybe they're only preaching to women. And if you're not helping them, if you're not putting your best preachers and your best teachers. Uh, in place to help them become the best preachers they can be in their context, then you're doing them a disservice. And yeah. ultimately, you're neglecting the sheep, so you should repent. So anyways, And actually, you know what? Courtney Reisick mentioned that, right? Like she yeah. Kind of, she kind of said it in softer terms, but one of the things she said softer was- Softer because she's feminine? No. Dang, dude. No, because she's not oh, as she, aggro she's as feminine. us. She's, she's not so as soft. aggro as us. Okay. But she mentioned about, uh, you know, she never really struggled in the same way a lot of other women do. About theological development among women. Exactly, because they, she had men in her life that encouraged her and and pushed her right to grow deeper in her so in, in her, her home in her home and yeah. in her church in her church exactly right. her, so she went to her father and her pastor yep and they're both like we got to get these women going that's right get them doing their thing and so what is it that I mean I, that's a whole separate episode and everything about yeah, they've how listened to it by now they, yeah I'm, but I'm talking about like whole separate episode of what is it that for men. To, especially as pastors, to neglect the women in their church. I think we talked about that with Jen right. when Jen was on. I mean, I, we just do such a great disservice to uh, to our call and, and to women in our church if we are not encouraging gifted women who are called to proclaim the good news and to teach other women and to teach us. Yeah. We're holding Look, them back and it's just not right. So Leadership Lab, think about this. Like th This is important to us because we, we recognize the value of raising up leaders to send out. Because if you're not discipling, 
Okay. If you're, if you're not discipling properly, you're, you're not going to be raising up leaders. And if you're raising up leaders, you can do more discipling. You can, you, if you're raising up leaders, you're going to have church planters. You're going to have elders. You're going to have deacons. You're going to have Sunday school teachers. You're going to have small group leaders. So raising up leaders is critically important. And the more leaders that we have who are ready to, to, to enter into public ministry or whatever it is by God's calling, like we're playing a role and we are exponentially uh, increasing the influence that we can have for the kingdom of God. Yeah. So we think leadership lab and preaching lab are good ideas. We separate them, though you don't have to separate them. I suppose you could do it all together and just say, well, some of these guys are preaching for this aim and some of the, but uh, we keep them separate because we also have a pastoral development track. And so we got those guys and those guys go to both of these things. Some people only go to leadership lab and then, so other guys go to, go to both, but it's a, it's a great opportunity. And I, I'm more and more people are doing it and I'm glad that they are. Yeah. I just don't know why we're slow to do this. Let's, how else do you expect to get people ready? Like, listen, when I was in Bible college, I was preaching frequently as, as a sophomore, junior, and senior in Bible college at my local church. We had Sunday night service, so he was throwing me in there all the time. Sunday morning, if he couldn't make it, I was in there doing it. And, uh, and that really helped me to get uh, a sense of what my preaching voice is, Yeah, right? Because uh, learning to preach isn't just about learning how to put the pieces together. It comes from the habit of actively doing the work. And it takes a long time to not only get comfortable doing it, but to sort of find your way. Yeah, your rhythm, your your voice. It's really I, I, your I like voice. That's, that's, that's the, the phrase you used, yeah. And, it, it, and it's, it's otherwise, until then, you're either figuring it out or you're copying someone else. And so it takes a lot of repetition. So we want to give our guys as many opportunities as possible. So they've got leadership lab, preaching lab, and they also have opportunities when we send them out to preach at other local churches um, here in the area. Absolutely. Uh, you know what? We'd love to hear your guys' thoughts. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Doc and Devo or on Facebook slash Doctrine and Devotion. You can head on the website, DoctrineDevotion.com. There you can sign up for the email blast. You can hit up the store and you can sign up for the Doctrine Devotion 2018 conference on the spirit and the church we've got fresh pod every monday and thursday we've got weekly content uh as far as blogs and video content so be on the lookout for those later later